Last words are important words. They can provide a window into a person's soul. Revelation chapter 22 contains the last words about the last days. Among them, Jesus makes these powerful statements about his own identity. I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. I am the root and the descendant of David. I am the bright morning star. The lamb that looks like a lion and the lion that looks like a lamb also said not once, not twice, but three times, behold, I am coming soon. His last words couldn't have been clearer. Jesus is coming soon. Are you ready? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian, always glad to have you with us. If you've ever been with a loved one during his or her last hours on earth, then you know their last words are often the most important they'll ever say. Well, today we come to the final chapter and the final words in all of scripture. It's what we might call God's parting shot to mankind. And it comes your way next as Ron continues this series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth and the Return of Jesus Christ. Stay right here or you can visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen anytime on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Revelation chapter 22, here's Ron with today's Something Good Radio message, Last Words About the Last Days. Uh, again, these are last words about the last days. Last words are important words, aren't they? Whether it's the last words of a loved one or a friend, uh, maybe the last words of a, of a statesman. You know, we kind of focus on last words. We think last words are important words, and certainly the words in Revelation chapter 22 are important to our understanding of this book. In, in my Bible, there are many uh, verses here that are in red indicating that these are the words of Jesus, that John on the island of Patmos received from the angel who got them from Jesus himself. And so these last words are very important words. Uh, the red words are not any more important than the, the, than the words in black in your Bible, but it is interesting that uh, these, these last words are, in fact, uh, many of them directly from Jesus Himself. Here's the first of the four words around which I want to wrap some of our thoughts. It's the word intention. Intention. It's the idea that Jesus expresses His intention in these words. And I want you to first look at verse, verse 7 with me. Jesus says, and behold, I am coming soon. He intends to come soon. And he doesn't say this just once. He doesn't say it twice. He actually says it three times in Revelation chapter 22. In verse 7, he says, and behold, I am coming soon. In verse 12, he says, behold, I am coming soon. And then again in verse 20, surely I am coming soon. He intends to come soon. Now, to most of us, soon means like tomorrow. Come on, if we're going to do this soon, let's get after it. And yet it's been 
2,000 years since John was on the island of Patmos and he received these words and Jesus said, I am coming soon. It's given rise to some people who might scoff and be skeptics of the prophecies of this book. Jesus said He was coming soon, but here we are waiting month after month and week after week and year after year and century after century. I mean, it's been almost 2,000 years. Well, you got to remember God lives on a different timetable than we did. In fact, He's not a time-bound creature like we are. He's eternal. He doesn't measure time in terms of days and hours and weeks and months, and He doesn't have a calendar like we, we do. He created time. He made us as time-bound creatures. Uh, but even Peter said, a, a day to the Lord is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. I mean, God is on a different timetable than we are, so soon means something to Him much different than it means to us, even though the angel did say to John here that the time is near. Yeah, we are in the last days, right? We, we, we established that early on in our series that the last days, this idea that the time is near is a technical term in the Bible which starts at the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem and extends all the way to the end of the age. Whether we are in the final days of the last days has been a whole other discussion here, but Jesus intends to come soon. Now, soon can also mean suddenly. And we do know from the teachings of Scripture and from the words of Jesus Himself that when He comes, He will come to some like a thief in the night, suddenly, unexpectedly, and things will suddenly change. But don't miss His intention here. Don't live a single day without the understanding that Jesus said, I am coming soon. And, and all of this is preceded in verse 6 by, by this. The angel said to me, John says, these words are trustworthy and true. You can go to the bank on the fact that Jesus is coming soon. Now, he says it not once, not twice, but three times, as I mentioned. And each time he says it in Revelation chapter 22, there's another idea that's sort of attached to it. And the first idea is one of blessing. Look again in verse 7. And behold, I am coming soon. And then right on the heels of that, he says, blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Do you remember all the way back to the beginning of our study of Revelation, we said there were seven beatitudes, seven blessed R's in the book of Revelation. Jesus gave us eight Beatitudes in His Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, but there are seven more blessed R's or Beatitudes in the book of Revelation. Yes, it's a book of blessings despite all of the calamity and all the tribulation that we poured through. And here He says, blessed is the one, supremely happy is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. It's a reminder that as we're waiting for this Jesus who said He's coming soon, the most important thing we can do is keep the words of the prophecy of this book to put into practice the truth that we've heard. You see, we run the risk of, of trafficking in unapplied truth, do we not? We, we hear Bible teaching and, and sermons and messages from week in and week out and even during the week. And, and the temptation and even the danger is that we have all this truth stored up in our hearts and in our minds, but we're trafficking in unapplied truth. This is why James says, uh, don't just be hearers of the Word, but be doers also. This is why Jesus, in His Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, talked about two different kinds of people in this world. There's a wise man who builds his life on the rock, and the rains come and the storms come. 
and the house stands. And then there's the foolish person who builds his or her life on the sand, and the rains come, and the hurricane-force winds hit and wipes out that house. You want to be a wise man or a foolish man? Well, Jesus said the only difference between the two is one is a doer of the Word and of the truth, and the other is a hearer only. Here in uh, Revelation chapter 21, 22 and verse 7, blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. Uh, scroll down to verse 14, there's another blessed. Blessed are those who wash their robes so that they may have the right to the tree of life and that they may enter the city by the gates. Uh, not only are those blessed who are believers in Jesus and are hear doers, not just hearers, but blessed are those who, who are cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. They've washed their robes, uh, the idea here is, so that they may have the right to the tree of life. Uh, happy, blessed, supremely happy are those who are in a right relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's the idea here. Now, the next time he says, I'm coming soon, the idea tethered to that is, is one of reward. Look at it in verse 12. Behold, I am coming soon, bringing my recompense or my reward with me to repay each one for what he has done. Do you remember in our study, we, we talked about two judgments, two future judgments, one called the great white throne judgment. You can read about it at the end of Revelation chapter 20. It's the judgment of all unbelievers. It's a sobering scene. Strap on your seatbelts when you read it. You don't want to be there. The other judgment is called the judgment seat of Christ, and this one is for believers in Jesus. And Paul tells us in his New Testament letters, we, that is believers, must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It's a time when rewards are given out for faithful service. It's when our works are judged, not to determine whether we get into heaven or not, but to determine uh, our experience in heaven and uh, the responsibilities and rewards that we will receive and, uh, and live out for all of eternity. I believe that's what Jesus has in mind when He says, I'm bringing my reward with me to repay each one for what He has done. And then the third time he talks about coming soon, the idea of assurance is tied to it. Verse uh, 21, he who testifies to these things, verse 20 rather, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Did you see the subtle shift in language there? The first two times he says, behold, I am coming soon. It's a wake-up call. In other words, uh, wake up from your sleepy, slumbering self and and behold, I am coming soon. But the third time he says, surely, surely I am coming soon. It's a word of assurance. In other words, you can go to the bank on this. Don't, don't waffle on your understanding of whether this is going to happen, whether it's true. Remember verse 6, these words are trustworthy and true. These are coming from Jesus himself, the risen Savior. Surely He is coming soon, He says. Are you living like that? Or are you just kind of floating through life, just not giving a whole lot of attention to the words of the prophecy of this book? These are some last words about the last days, and He wants us to receive a blessing. He wants us to have rewards clearly in view. He wants us to have the assurance that He is coming and for us to live like it as well. 
There's still more to come from Dr. Ron Jones, so stay right here. Listen to Ron's messages on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, be sure to check out Starting Point, a disciple's first steps, a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. Look for Something Good courses when you visit our new streaming platform at somethinggoodradio.org. That's Starting Point, a disciple's first steps where you'll discover what it means to be a disciple and learn how to train others to be true followers of Christ. In the final chapter of Revelation, God states his intention. I am coming soon, he says, and he does so three times. Ron has more in the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, last words about the last days. Let's listen in. So the first word that comes to my mind when I read this is intention. Jesus has very clearly expressed intention that he is coming soon and how we ought to live like it. The second word that comes to my mind is identity. If he expresses his intention, he states his identity. And he does it through three what we would call I am statements. Now, if you're familiar with the scriptures and especially the writings of the apostle John, you may remember in John's gospel, he's the one that records the seven I am statements of Jesus, where Jesus said things like, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the door of the sheep, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the way, the truth, and the life, I am the true vine. I think that's seven. If not, I might have missed one. But the seven I am statements of Jesus are found in the Gospel of John, clearly identifying Jesus as uh, uh, self-identifying His deity and expressed in all those different ways. But here in Revelation chapter 22, we have three more I am statements. If you have any doubts about the authority of the person who expressed His intention to come soon, well, listen to this. Verse 13, Jesus said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Those three couplets of ideas there all kind of mean the same thing. It basically says everything starts and ends with Jesus. Oh, you may think everything starts and ends with you in your little world. You know, everything revolves around you and, you know, what I'm doing in my world. No, everything starts and ends with Jesus. Everything that is important to life and to eternity starts and ends with Jesus. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Verse 16, he goes on to say, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things for the churches. And then he adds, I am, here's the second one, I am the root and the descendant of David. Now, if you were a Jewish person in the first century, your ears would perk up because Jews were always looking for evidence, prophetic evidence that Uh, the Messiah was, you know, who he claimed to be, that uh, certainly he came from the line of David. Matthew, when he writes his gospel, Matthew has a particular audience in mind. He's writing to a Jewish audience. Matthew is the one who brings out all the Old Testament prophecies concerning the first coming of Jesus in Bethlehem, and he links his coming in Bethlehem to those Old Testament prophecies because he's writing to a Jewish audience whose ears are perked to those kinds of ideas. And so here, when Jesus says, I am the root and descendant of David, it's, 
It's a message to all of us, but in particular to a Jewish audience here who understood that this Jesus is the Messiah, and you can trace His lineage all the way back to David, just as the prophecy said. By the way, when we were studying the millennial reign of Jesus Christ, remember we said that this was a time just prior or almost simultaneous to the second coming where the Old Testament saints would rise from the dead and join Jesus along with the church as we go into the millennial reign of Christ. This is when Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and, yes, King David rise from the dead. And during the millennial reign of Jesus, that thousand-year reign on this earth, this is the time when Jesus will literally be seated on the throne of David and rule this earth, as the Old Testament prophecies said, from the throne of David in Jerusalem. And here he says, I am, I am the root and the descendant of David. And then he goes on to say, I am the bright morning star. I, I love this uh, phrase here because it takes us back to Bethlehem. Do you remember this part of the Christmas story? where uh, Zechariah, who was a faithful priest, was serving in the temple one day, and uh, he, had, he had a vision, and then he came out, and you know, he was mute for, for nine months while his uh, wife Elizabeth uh, was pregnant with John the Baptist and all that. But in, in, in that whole scene there, uh, here's a phrase that comes out of the Christmas story regarding Jesus, the day spring on high has visited us. Isn't that a great phrase? The day spring from on high has visited us. Well, He visited us the first time in Bethlehem. But Jesus says, I am also the bright morning star. I'm that day spring from on high that rises up in our hearts. And Peter, in his second epistle, he pulls together the, the prophetic nature of the front end of that phrase, I am the root and descendant of David along with the back end of that phrase and the bright morning star, and here's what Peter says, and we have the prophetic word more firmly, more fully confirmed, he says, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. That's, that's, that's great phraseology for an uneducated fisherman like Peter, all right? And Peter hadn't gone to college. He wasn't a wordsmith, but under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he talks about the day dawning and the morning star rising in your hearts. That's good stuff. That's really good stuff. And it goes to what Jesus was saying. I am the root and the descendant of David. That, that prophetic word fully confirmed in your heart and I'm the bright morning star rising in your hearts to, to give you new life and a new day. He states his identity. By the way, do you know this Jesus? Do you know him? Or, or do you still just kind of see him as this uh, good moral teacher, this religious figure somewhere back in history? You really don't have that option. When you read through the Gospels, when you read through the Bible itself, and, and, and you really give an honest assessment of the claims of Jesus Christ to His own deity, to the fulfillment of prophecy, no, Jesus claimed to be much more than just a good, you know, uh, uh, power of positive thinking kind of leader. He is the bright morning star. He is the root and descendant of David. 
He's the Alpha and the Omega, and that's just for starters. But we're just tossing in some last words about the last days as we finish up in the book of Revelation. The third word that comes to my mind after he expresses his intention, after he states his identity, then he offers an invitation. Look at it in verse 17. The Spirit and the bride say, come, and let the one who hears say, come, and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. What a fabulous invitation. And aren't you glad that in the last book of the last book of the Bible, there is an invitation to come and drink from the water of life and it doesn't cost you a thing. You're listening to Something Good Radio. Today's message, Last Words About the Last Days, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. Check out our resource tab at the top of the homepage for books. Check out our resource tab at the top of the homepage for books, teaching series, lots of great tools to help you in your journey with Jesus. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Have you ever wanted to visit the land of the Bible and walk in the footsteps of Jesus? Join Dr. Ron and Catherine Jones and the Something Good Radio team for a thrilling Israel tour happening in January 2022. Experience a boat ride on the Sea of Galilee. Walk down the Via Dolorosa. Visit Gethsemane where Jesus prayed and Calvary where he shed his blood for you. Step inside the empty tomb and see for yourself that your Savior is risen indeed. Is the Holy Land on your bucket list? Experience Israel 2022. Register at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Time is running out to register for our next Holy Land tour. When you visit somethinggoodradio.org, look for Something Good Travel to learn more and register for Experience Israel 2022, plus other upcoming Something Good Travel experiences. Need prayer today? Stop by the new somethinggoodradio.org and share your request with us. Click on Explore and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You option. That's somethinggoodradio.org. We also want to say thank you because your prayers and financial support make it possible for Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your donations do make a difference. And when you give a gift this month, Ron will say thank you by sending you the complete audio download of the series you're hearing right now, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. That's Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. Request it today when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices, 757-276-1099. And then there's kind of a strange command. Might as well toss this in as well, beginning in verse 10. And the angel said to me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of this book, for the time is near. It goes on to say, let the one who does wrong still do wrong, and the one who is filthy still be filthy, and let the one who is righteous still practice righteousness, and the one who is holy still keep himself holy. 
Kind of a strange, strange verse of Scripture here in the midst of all this. Why, why, would, why would the Scripture tell the one who is doing wrong to continue to do wrong? And scholars have wrestled with this some. And one trusted scholar says, it seems to suggest that if the prophecies of this book are rejected, and because the time is near, there is no other message that will work. In other words, once we're done with Revelation chapter 22, God has nothing more to say. You either tune your ears to it and turn your heart toward Him, He didn't have anything else to say. He, he has said all He is going to say. And if you reject it and, and, and you're in a state of doing wrong, and you reject it, then, then just keep doing wrong because there isn't any other word to give here. Join us tomorrow for Something Good when Dr. Ron Jones shares part two of his message, Last Words About the Last Days. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.